this morning. I want you to open up your heart. Open up your heart right now as we enter into a time of fellowship with the Lord and to study in His Word. Spirit of the living God, we worship you because we believe you're in this place because Scripture says, where two or more are gathered in your name, there you are. Ancient of days, we worship you. We magnify your holy name. We give you, oh, ancient of days, Father of all spirit, to whom shall we compare you to? Before the foundations of the earth, you were God. And as of now, you are still God, and you will be God tomorrow and forevermore. As I said, to whom shall we compare you to? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Great I Am, the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace of your kingdom. There is no end. Spirit of a living God, we magnify your holy name in this place. Be exalted. The scripture says you sit enthroned in the praises of your people. So Lord, I, together with everyone at the sound of my voice, we glorify you. We say thank you for your presence in this place. We say thank you for your protection. We thank you for the ability, oh God, to even come before your presence and to feed on your holy word, to listen to your holy word in the name of Jesus. The scripture says, it is not by might, it is not by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. Rade morati haraseke poratiya. Radeni nariki arazara ba. Rabarabo soka paradisi haradigo rabasoa. Spirit of a living God, I thank you for your presence in this place. I glorify you because you are good. Scripture says you are good and your love endures forevermore. Oh Lord, those of us who are not even worthy, but by your grace, by your mercy, by the power of the eternal covenant. And the scripture says, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with you through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast not in ourselves, not in materiality, but in the hope of the glory of the Son of the living God. The Lord, you've been magnified in our lives. The Lord said, said after you've lifted up the Son of God, that you know that I am He. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, and so the Son of God must be lifted up. That everyone who believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This morning, we seek to glorify the Lord Jesus. That Lord, your will, your will, your will will be fulfilled in our lives as it is in heaven. That the healing anointed by the power of the word will be made manifest in our lives. The Lord, everyone in the sound of my voice will experience the power of your word. Because the scripture says, the entrance of your word giveth light. The light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That out of his fullness, we've all received grace in place of grace already given. The scripture says, for the Lord was given through Moses grace and truth. And the truth is the word testified by your spirit. So this morning we acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. The anointing. Touch everyone at the sound of my voice. Prepare your heart, O oh God, to receive the revelation of your word in Jesus mighty name in Jesus mighty name oh glory oh glory hallelujah to be praised 
Be exalted. Be exalted. We glorify you, Lord of heaven and earth. We magnify your holy name because you are good and your love endures forevermore. We thank you for your presence in this place. We glorify you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Even at this point, at this song plays, as this song plays, I want you to open up your spirit. The, the song says, He's worthy of, of all. He's worthy. He's worthy. This is the God whom we, we serve, the creator of the ends of the earth, the I am that I am, the ancient of days. And, and Daniel, the revelation that Daniel saw, is that I saw the thrones were set, and the ancient of days took his seat. He said, I saw thousands upon thousands attended before him. He said, I saw a river of fire flowing before him. And he brought judgment to the beast, Satan, that was speaking blasphemy. So even now, as you open up your spirit to worship him, as you open up your spirit to receive his word, he will be glorified in your life. The anointing of the word will begin to pierce through bodies in the name of Jesus. Because the entrance of his word giveth light, the light shines in darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Spirit of a living God. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Oh, Father, be glorified in this place. That all will know that you are God forever and ever. That you never change. Worthy of all. You're worthy of all. Oh, Spirit of a living God. Touch everyone in the sound of my voice. Prepare their heart to receive your word. Your word. That scripture says your word does not come in vain. But it always comes to fulfill that which you desire and accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. Let the word find its way in your heart, O oh God. Lord, in every seed of darkness, every seed of Satan, every deceit of the devil, being it in the form of infirmity, being in the form of mental depravity, that's your word, God's forth, O oh God, that they will be set free because it is written that he whom the Son of God sets free is actually free indeed. The Bible says, Since the children have flesh and blood, that you send the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus. So he took on the very nature of a man, so that by his death, by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is Satan, and free those who are of their lives, were held in slavery by their fear of death, sickness. It's an oppression of Satan, Lord, as you testified in Acts 10, 38, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. The scripture says the same spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that is at work in us. Father, it is not ourselves we preach, but Christ Jesus who was crucified. More than that, who was also raised to life. And the scripture says, seated at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. He said, to whom shall we compare him to? He sits enthroned. Glory to God. Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your anointing in this place. Set hearts free. Set minds free. Set bodies free. By the power of your word. By the power of your healing anointing. By the power of the sword of the spirit. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Holy Father, you are worthy of it all. Rabo, Rati, 
As you open up your spirit, even now, the anointing of his presence, the anointing of his glory. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. We begin to set you free, set you free, set you free, and prepare your heart to receive the fullness of his word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want you to prepare your heart for the word that is coming. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're still studying the subject of faith. Faith for healing. And this morning, if you are the sound of my voice, and you're going through any sickness, oh, glory to God. The word, the word which is sharper than the two-edged sword, the scripture says, the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is able to pierce, separating the spirit from the soul, even to dividing the marrows and the joints. Glory to God. As you open up your spirit to receive the word of God, every sickness, every infirmity, any chronic condition that is stayed that has stayed in your body for a long time will begin to dissipate, will begin to leave because in his presence there is fullness of his love, fullness of his joy. And the scripture says that he whom the Son of God sets free is actually free indeed. Where there is darkness, there is light coming because the entrance of his word giveth light. And the light shines in darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. That darkness, that darkness is leaving you now because it is also written that the darkness is passing away and the true light of God is shining now in the name of Jesus. Father, you are worthy. You are worthy. Oh, you are worthy, ancient of days, king of glory, mighty God, everlasting father of your kingdom. There is no end to whom shall we compare you to. There is none. There is none. Because there is none beside you. There is none above you. Glory to God. So, Lord, you made a covenant with yourself. You made a covenant. But seal that covenant with the word, with the word, with your son. In the name of Jesus. With the blood of your son. And by the power of that blood covenant. We're here this morning. To study your word. To study your word. Open up our spirit. The scripture says, no man can understand your word unless you enable them. John testified that a person can only receive what they have been given from above. This morning, release unto us, enlighten our spirit. I pray that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened. Oh, that we may know the hope to which you've called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. The riches of your glorious inheritance and your incomparably great power for us who believe. The scripture says that power is the same as the mighty strength of your journey. When you raise the Lord Jesus from the dead and see that in far above all rule and authority and power and might and dominion and every name that is invoked, oh, the name of the Lord Jesus, the name that is above every name, throughout the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your anointing. Be glorified in this place. Oh, fill the atmosphere. Fill the hearts and minds of people. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy. You are worthy in this place. We magnify your holy name. Let the power of your presence God us right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, 
Father, I present everyone in the sound of my voice to you this morning. Lord, again, we have met to study your holy word. The scripture says no man can understand your word unless you enable them. And so, Father, in all humility, we come before the throne of grace. And by faith, in the name of Jesus, we subject ourselves to the authority of the Holy Spirit. Lord, speak through us, O God, and let your word, your word, be made manifest to your people. That the revelation of your heart for healing will be made known to them. That everyone at the sound of my voice going through any sickness will be set free by the power of your word. I thank you that you have heard me. That you always do hear me when I call. Be exalted above all. Be exalted in this place. In Jesus' mighty name that we have prayed. Amen and amen and amen. Uh, glory to God. Uh, welcome once again. To this morning's teaching, uh, we're still studying the subject of faith. Uh, and last week, uh, we started uh, a new dimension, um, which or a new topic, which is faith for healing and how to walk in it. Uh, and last week, we looked at um, the steps that will be taken throughout. Uh, and then we tackled a little bit about um, what healing is, whether healing is a will of God or not. And so this morning, uh, by way of uh, aligning all of us, uh, uh, we, we would still look at whether healing, we would look at the scriptures to refresh our memories on healing being the will of God. Is healing the will of God? We've heard many say that they were not healed because it was, it's not the will of God. Uh, but what we learned last week is that that does not square with scripture, that we know that healing is the will of God. Hallelujah. And how do we know this? Uh, because healing has been provided for uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ uh, 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 through the word. Uh, Jesus is the living word as we all know. And one of the, the reasons he came was so that he would set the captives free. And so we read in Luke 4, uh, Jesus uh, going into uh, the temple and then they handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And the scripture says, he opened to Isaiah 61. He said, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to set the captives free, to open the eyes of the blind and to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. You see, so Jesus came to set us free, not just from the bondage of, 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 of death, which, which the wages of sin is dead, which is caused by sin, but also provide healing. And this is what we see in Isaiah 53, the prophecy that was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He said, but he was pierced 
for our transgressions, that he was crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. By his wounds we are healed. So Isaiah spoke concerning healing that was provided for or provided through the Lord Jesus, which he suffered on the cross. So we know that the, what the piercing that went through Jesus' body, the wounds that he sustained brought us healing. So if the wounds that Jesus sustained brought us healing, then why are folks saying that healing is not the will of God? Because they were not able to receive healing. And as we, we have studied, uh, that this is because a lot of people do not really understand the word of God. They have not gained the knowledge. They have not come into knowledge of the fact that healing is the will of God. And there are people that even know that healing, God is able to heal. But they, have, they haven't come to the point of understanding that it is the will of God for us. That we are healed of every sickness and disease. But it is one thing to know the will of God, and it is also another thing to be able to know how to execute that will. And what we've understood is that healing comes by faith. So if healing comes by faith, then we have to really study the scriptures to understand how healing comes, how this faith for healing comes. But before that, I want us to examine the scriptures uh, to align on healing being the will of God. And so the first scripture is what I read in Isaiah 53 uh, from the verse 4. It says, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. And last week, what we understood from this is that because many have not really come to understand that healing is the will of God. When a sickness or, or when, 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 they, when, when a sickness befalls them, they, they accept that sickness as something that God is trying to use to show them something. And the understanding, that as, as I study this word, the understanding that came to me is this, that we considering Jesus punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, is making light of what Jesus suffered on the cross of Calvary. Anytime that a sickness, uh, a sickness befall us, and we say that God allowed this in my body to teach me something, God does not allow sickness in the body of any human being to teach them anything. Sickness is not from the Lord. When we do that, then it means that we, we've disregarded what Christ Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Because you read on to the verse 5, he said, but he was pierced. For our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And what we've understood is that many Christians align on the fact that Jesus died for our sins. And it is very clear in Isaiah 53 to verse 5 that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. But you see that the same word, the same word that talks about Jesus dying for our sins is the same word you continue to read. Is the same word that talks about our healing. So why is it that we're able to accept the fact that Jesus died for our sins so that we can become the righteousness of God, but we're not able to accept that healing is also the will of God? If we can accept that salvation is the will of God for every man, then we should be able to also accept the fact that healing is also the will of God. Because in the same Isaiah 53 verse 5, 
saying that but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. That on top of the fact that he provided for our salvation, he also provided for our healing. And so we examine the scriptures that this was the prophecy, you know, spoken by the prophet Isaiah. But we see the light of it, the word fulfilled in Matthew 8. So if you have your scriptures, I want you to open with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew 8. So in Matthew 8, when we read from the verse 14, the scripture says, when Jesus came into when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. And the scripture says, the verse 15 says, he touched her hand. So if you read the account of, 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 of uh, Luke and, and, and John, you, you realize that Mark and, 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 and Luke, you realize that he did not just, Jesus did not just touch his hand, but he also rebuked the fever. And so here, the verse 15 said, he touched her hand. And so combining the testimonies of all the other recordings that we have of, of, of this scripture is that he touched the hand and rebuked the fever and the fever left her. So which means fever can hear. But the fever did not hear the words of men. It heard the word of Jesus. So we see here that the physical touch, which later we're going to learn, is that one of the ways in which healing is trans transferred or the healing anointing is transferred from, from a person who is anointed to heal into the bodies of men. Glory to God. So the scripture says Jesus, Jesus touched her hand and the fever left her. The fever left her. So which means fever can hear. The fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. The verse 16, Matthew 8, 16. When evening came, the scripture says many who were demon possessed were brought to him. And he drove out the spirit with the word and healed all the sick. And he healed all the sick. So Jesus acted on the word of God. Because as I have spoken, that he himself bore our sicknesses and our diseases. And so here Jesus healing people fulfilled that word. This is why. In verse 17, it says, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. That he took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. So this is written, the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. So we see this uh, from Isaiah 53. And confirmed here as a fulfilled word of God in Matthew 8, the verse 17. And so healing is not just the will of God, but healing is an already fulfilled word of God. As we know that salvation is also the fulfilled word of God. And later on, we're going to uh, study or I'm going to highlight the different forms of God's word to refresh our memory as we go along. Because healing um, also comes by faith. And so we also have to understand what form of God's word can release healing to our body. Glory to God. Because there is a word for everything. And so there is also the healing word. The word of God is also the healer. Hallelujah. In the new covenant. And so we also see this in 1 Peter 2.24. Which says, Himself bore our sicknesses. 
And by his wounds, we were healed. Peter even said, by his wounds, we were healed. And so there are three scriptural evidence showing that healing is a fulfilled word of God. If you just look at the tense in which this is written, and this was penned by the Holy Spirit. These people did not speak out of their own mind. They spoke as the Spirit enabled them. And these things are written in the past tense. Why? Because in the mind of God, in the Spirit, this is already fulfilled. And so Jesus had to walk in the light of that spoken word of God to fulfill this word on the cross of Calvary. But I want, us, I want you to hang on to that thought that healing is the will of God. Uh, that, 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 G, that healing is the fulfilled word of God. And I want us to um, align on the will of God. So we know, because it is written in the word, that healing is the will of God. And it is the will of God because it is found in scripture. You see, will, the will of men are written. And so this written word is a testament to what the will of God is. And if the will of men, and just using a natural example to explain, explain uh, uh, this word. If the will of men are written to serve as a testament to all who read it, so that there will be no doubt. So if, if somebody dies, what they, what, what they use uh, as a testimony to, uh, uh, or as a testament to the people or, or uh, as something to show that anyone who is inheriting the will, this is what signifies that that will belongs to this person. Is the written will of the person who died. And if we are able to accept the written word of men as a testament to their will for a spouse or for their children, then we should be able to accept the written will of God for all God's children, which is the written word of God. And so the word of God is the written will of God for God's children. And what we've said is that this word of God exists in three formats. And this is what the Spirit of the Lord has, has, has opened my understanding to and gave me these, these definitions that I, I'm going to lay out to you. This written word, this written word that we say is the will of God is, three, is in three formats. There is the spoken word of God. There is the specific word of God. And there is the fulfilled word of God. That spoken word of God is God translating. We know that God is a spirit. In John 4, Jesus taught the Samaritan woman. That a time is coming where true worshipers would have to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Because these are the kinds of worshipers the Father seeks. Because God is a spirit. And therefore his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. Because God is a spirit. And the kingdom of God is a kingdom of the spirit. And so the things God has established for his children are established in the spirit. We can all understand that. No one has seen God, but God is a spirit. Jesus said, God is a spirit. Therefore, his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. What is the relevance of us knowing that God is a spirit? The relevance of us knowing that God is a spirit is so that we will understand that the things of God are not things of the physical. The things of God are spiritual. This is why when they came to Jesus, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law came to Jesus asking, Rabbi, when should we expect to see the kingdom of God? Jesus said, the kingdom of God is not something 
that you can see that someone would say, here it is or there it is. Is that even now, the kingdom of God is in your midst. Glory to God. Why? Because God is a spirit. His kingdom is a kingdom of the spirit. So it is not something that we can see with our physical eyes. So if God is a spirit, and God who is a spirit has created the things that we see in the natural, and this God who is a spirit has given birth to us of his spirit, the scripture says, if any man does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ in Romans 8. Because we have the spirit of God in us, this is why we are the children of God. Because the scripture said the spirit testifies with our spirit that indeed we are God's children. Glory to God. And so because we are the children of God, we've been born of his spirit. Glory to God. And being born of the spirit is that your spirit is now enlightened to be able to access, to be able to discern, to be able to have access to the things of the spirit. And because God is a spirit, the things that he has established for his children are things that are established in the spirit. This is why we read in 1 Corinthians 2, the verse 9, the scripture says, Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, no mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love him. The reason why no eye can see, no mind has conceived, and no ear has heard is because these things that God has established for his children are established in the spirit. Because the kingdom of God is the kingdom of the spirit. This is what Jesus said when Jesus was teaching Nicodemus in John 3. He said, no one can see the kingdom of God, unless they are born again. And he continues that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Being born of water is a sign of repentance. And so you read elsewhere in 1 John, he says, Jesus did not only come by water, but he came by water and blood. What does that mean? Jesus came by water because the water is a sign of repentance. You cannot come into the fullness of what he did through his blood unless you have repented of your sins. And so the scripture says, through his blood, if there is no shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And so Jesus did not only come by water, but he came by water and blood because the blood is the covenant the blood was what was shed for the forgiveness of sins. So scripture says, if there is no shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. But that shedding of blood and the forgiveness of sins can only be attained when you have come to the point of being born of water. That is, being, uh, having come to the point of repentance. This was John's message. He said, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is greater than I. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Hallelujah. And so this being born of the water is a sign of repentance. But that is not all Jesus said. That we need to enter his kingdom. He said, you also have to be born of the spirit. We're born of the spirit of God because God is a spirit. And we're born of his spirit so that we can have access to the things that he has established for us in the spirit. And so what the spoken word of God does is, the spoken word translates that which God has already established in the spirit for his children into existence and manifestation in the natural. So this is why the word of God is so important. And so this written word, as I mentioned, consists of these three forms of God's word. You can read from Genesis to Revelations. Every word either exists as a spoken word 
or a specific word. And so what is this specific word? The specific word of God is the set of instructions and actions that you need to act on to bring into fulfillment that spoken word. And so when the word has been spoken, it's been translated out of the spirit into existence in the natural realm because these are two different realms. And I'm taking my time to explain this because this would help us to understand where we're going when we're talking about faith for healing. How to translate that which God has already established in the spirit into full manifestations in our bodies, in our lives. Hallelujah. And so this specific word of God is the set of instructions and actions required to bring that spoken word of God into full manifestation. And so you read throughout Genesis, God did not do anything without first speaking it. And I want you to think about that. Why did God have to speak in order to do anything? Even the creation of man. You read through Genesis, he said, let us create man in our own image. The first thing that God created is light. The Bible says, he said, let there be light. Why did God speak light into existence? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they were together. Did they need to really speak? It is because they had to speak because it is a spiritual principle. They are spirit. God is a spirit. And he wanted to create something that would exist in the natural. And these are two different realms. And so in order to translate that which was already established in the spirit into full manifestation in the natural, he had to speak his word. And so the scripture says, when he said, let there be light, there was light. He translated that light, which was already established in the spirit, into manifestation in the natural. But you read through Genesis 1, the verse 1 to 4, you see that God did not stop there. When he spoke and said, let there be light, the scripture says, God saw that the light was good. And if you have your Bible, turn with me to Genesis. And it's good to refresh our memory. I have taught on this subject before, but it's good to refresh our memory as we go into the, the subject of healing. Glory to God. Faith for healing. You read the verse 3. He said, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. And we're going to reference this scripture as, as we go along. He said, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. He spoke light. Translated light out of the spirit into manifestation in the natural. He saw that the light was good. But you read a second phrase. He said, and he separated the light from the darkness. God separated the light from the darkness. The separation of light from darkness is an action. And that is the specific word of God. So when God spoke his word, the light was translated out of the spirit into manifestation in the natural. But although that light was good, but that light was not fully functional. So God acted on his word. Glory to God. So that is the specific word of God. It is a set of instructions and actions required to bring that spoken word, which has been translated out of the spirit into the natural, into full manifestation and functionality. How do we know that when God separated the light from darkness, that light had been translated into full manifestation and functionality? Read the verse 5. God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. What God wanted to create was evening and morning. He wanted to create day and night. 
the light in itself could not be translated fully into functional day and night until God acted on his word. And that action on the word of God is what we call the specific word of God. So we see that when God spoke his word, acted on his word, we got what we call the fulfilled word of God. And so the Bible says the word was fulfilled. And so these are the three forms of God's word. But there is something here that I want you to get. If you go back to the verse 1, Genesis 1 verse 1. The scripture says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth, now he began to tell us the status of the earth before God created it. He said, Now the earth was formless and empty. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So we see a couple of things here in the verse 2. One, the earth was formless. The earth was empty. And there was darkness over the surface of the earth. And the good thing that, the only good thing that was happening to the earth at that point is that the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. But although the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters, the earth was still formless. It was still empty. And there was still darkness over the surface of the deep. And as I studied this word, the Spirit of the Lord opened my understanding to something here that I I, I want to throw more light on. We see from the verse 3 that when God said, let there be light, the Bible says there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. What we do see that God did not create darkness. And I want you to pay attention to this. The Spirit of the Lord opened my understanding to this. God did not create darkness. What God said is, let there be light. And there was light. We see from from the verse 2, Genesis 1 verse 2, that he said the earth was formless. It was empty. And there was darkness over the surface of the deep. Darkness was already existent on the surface of the earth before God created it. So God did not create darkness. And what the Spirit of the Lord opened my understanding to is this. The revelation that came to me is this. Satan had already been cast out from heaven into the earth. And so you read the book of Revelation, and this is another teaching, by, but in light of what we're, we're studying, because every form of darkness comes from Satan. Sickness is a form of darkness. Sickness is an oppression of Satan. It does not come from God. And so you read scripture, and even from several testimonies that I've heard from men of God, they will tell you that when people um, are give Satan a foothold in their life, the Bible says, that the scripture says, God gives them up for Satan to destroy them. So the, the darkness that before men is not from God, it's Satan. Just that the protection of God is taken away and then Satan gets the authority to now destroy that person. And this is what is happening to us, our bodies, when in terms of healing. The Bible says, although your body is subject to death because of sin, but the spirit gives life because of righteousness. That that sin, the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. And that death signified by darkness. And so we see from the verse verse 2, Genesis 1 verse 2, that this darkness was already existent on the surface of the earth. There was darkness over the surface of the deep. Why? Because Satan had already been cast out from heaven into the earth. And so the Bible says, God said, Woe unto you inhabitants of the earth. The prophecy that was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. 
And the light of it is seen in Revelation. When Satan was cast out from heaven, Satan was drawn towards the earth. Lord cast him into the surface of the deep on the earth. And he is darkness. God is light. Glory to God. This is what scripture says. Jesus is the light of the word. The Bible says in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. You read elsewhere that revelation spoken through the apostle Paul. He said the darkness is passing away. And the true light of God is shining. Glory to God. The darkness was not created by God. The darkness was already existent on the surface of the earth. But God created man to take dominion over the earth. But when man sinned, glory to God, God created us out of the light. The first thing God ushered into the world was light. And out of the light, and the light is Christ Jesus, because it is the word which was translated. He said, let there be light. The word of God was spoken. And Jesus is the living word of God. And so when God said, let light shine out of darkness, when God said, let there be light, he ushered his firstborn, which is the living word, Jesus Christ, into the earth. Because the Bible says, out of his fullness, he said, there was nothing that was made without the word. We read John 1, he said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The, the, the word was with God. There was nothing that was made without a word said in him was life and that life was the light glory to god of all mankind the light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it so jesus is the living word and it is out of that word the living word that we all have come to god everything was created through him and so you read john 1 he said through him all things were made without him Nothing was made that has been made. So Jesus, who was ushered as the light, the living word, as the light into the world, it is out of that light that everything was made. The darkness, God did not create darkness. Darkness was already existent on the surface of the earth because of Satan who had already been thrown out of, kin- the, uh, out of heaven into the earth. And so darkness existed, uh, existed on the surface of the earth because Satan was cast out of heaven. And so we see from the verse 2, That God did not create darkness. And so no man can say that any calamity happening on the surface of the earth is caused by God. Because the darkness was already existent on the surface of the earth. Genesis 1 verse 2. He said, now the earth was formless and empty. And there was darkness over the surface of the deep. But the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the earth. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. You see, God did not create darkness. The darkness was already over the surface of the earth. Why? Because Satan had already been cast down from heaven into the earth. This is why there was darkness over the surface of the earth. And this is what the Spirit of the Lord opened my eyes to. Is that Satan has been existent on this earth. By this is why the Bible call him the, the, the realms of the shadow of death. The shadow of death because it is this shadow of darkness that was on the surface of the deep of the earth. Before God transformed it. And so when God ushered his firstborn, who is Jesus Christ, the living word, into the world, who is that the light of the world? He said, let there be light. And out of that light came everything that God created. And so everything that we see was created by the light. But the darkness was there. But the darkness had a predestined time for elimination. This is why darkness was allowed to stay. God allowed the darkness, but he 
separated the light from the darkness because out of the light came all of us. But when, because darkness was over the surface of the earth, because there was darkness already existent in the earth, the Bible says, God warned man, woe unto man, because the kingdom of darkness is among your midst. Satan is the king of the kingdom of darkness. The Bible calls him the prince of this world. Why? Because he was here. He had been cast down from heaven. And because of that darkness, God created us in the light of Christ. But Adam, when I, because the darkness was here, the darkness deceived Adam. So when Adam sinned, he gave darkness authority over him. But Jesus came. Because he was the word and the light through whom everything was made. He came through the cross of Calvary. Glory to God. He had to come in flesh. So the scripture says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in our humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. Who holds the power of death? Satan. We read this in Hebrews. Hebrews 2. He might break the power of him who holds the power of, of darkness. That is Satan. And free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. The death is signified by the darkness. This is why the scripture says, although I walk through the valleys of the shadow of death, the shadow of death is the shadow of darkness, which is controlled by Satan. He was already here. God did not create that darkness. The darkness was already here. This is why sickness is not from God. Because the darkness was already existent on the earth. But when man sinned, we allowed that darkness to come into our lives. And that darkness brought spiritual death. That darkness brought sickness and disease. That darkness brought poverty. This is why God's Bible says, God told Adam that you will sweat. You, you work hard to make ends meet. Initially, Adam didn't have to work. Adam was in the rest of God. Everything was provided for him. But when he went into darkness... The darkness overtook him. But God being so good, he sent Jesus as an atoning sacrifice. He sent Jesus to redeem mankind, mankind from this darkness. And that redemption brought us into righteousness. And not just righteousness as we saw in the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 53, but also redemption of our bodies. Also healing. He said, by his wounds, we are healed. And now we're tackling the subject of healing. And so this healing is also, uh, this, this sickness is also part of the kingdom of darkness. It, is, it's not, it does not come from God, but it comes from darkness. Hallelujah. And so it is important for us to understand that this word of God that was ushered into existence was light. And that out of that light, that everything was created. But that word was a spoken word. But that word, when the, that spoken word was ushered into the earth, God needed to apply the specific word in order for that word to be fulfilled. And so the scripture says, in Matthew 8, the verse 17 that we read, he said, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. So healing now in the new covenant is a fulfilled word of God. And as we go along, we're going to study the difference between uh, the healing in the Old Covenant and the healing in the New Covenant. In the Old Covenant, healing existed as a spoken word. And so they needed instructions from 
the prophets as a specific word in order for them to receive the fullness of healing. But in the new covenant, healing is a fulfilled word of God. And so all you need is faith and the release of your faith, which we call the demonstration of faith or faith in action to receive the fullness of your healing. And so this tells us that this word, if God created this whole universe by faith, as we see in Hebrews 11, verse 3, the apostle Paul said, we know that God created this universe by faith so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And this faith was made manifest through the spoken word of God, through the specific word of God, and through the fulfilled word of God. Why? Because these three forms of God's word brings into the into fulfillment or brings into the brings us into the fullness of God's word which is penned in the scriptures because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God is either you are hearing the spoken word or even hearing the specific set of instruction or hearing the fulfilled word of God irrespective of what forms of God's word you hear that word is the will of God Hallelujah. Because it is a part of the written will of God for his children. And so this faith existed or was made manifest by the word of God. By the spoken word, by the specific word, and by the fulfilled word of God. And so two chains of thoughts here. The two lines of thought that, 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 I, that I want us to glean from, from, from this scripture in Genesis 1 is 1. Darkness was already existent on the surface of the earth. One of the darkness we, we know is sin. Sin leads to, the, uh, leads to death, which is darkness. And um, sickness is also a form of darkness. But that darkness was already existent on the surface of the earth. But that darkness was not part of the human nature. Through the original creation of God, through the light. Because out of the light, there is no darkness in light. This is what the scripture says. In him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. You don't hear anything of darkness there. And what we read from Genesis is that God did not create the darkness. The darkness was Satan who was thrown out of the kingdom of, 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 uh, of heaven into the world, into the earth. And so, sickness is an oppression of Satan. It's born out of darkness. But the word of God is light. But this word is the source of faith. And this word exists in these three formats. Spoken word, specific word, and a fulfilled word of God. And I want you to hang on to that. So we're laying some basic blocks. And so now let's come back to the will of God. And by the natural example that I was given, that if the will of men are written as a testament to all who read it, so that they would, be, they would have no doubt that this will has been given to a particular person because it is written. The same way, if we are able to accept the written word of men as a testament to their will for a spouse or children, then it should, it, it should be easy for us to accept the written will of God, which is written, penned as the word of God for all God's children. And what we've seen is that healing is part of the written will of God for his children. And so those who are saying that somebody was not healed because it was not the will of God is not true. It is not true. 
anyone who would believe and take action on a written word is acting in accordance with the will of God. And then they will receive the benefit of that will. If you have been given a will in the natural and you don't know that that will exists, you cannot take advantage of it. If you are given a will and you don't really understand what that will entails, you cannot take the full advantage of it also. If you have been given a will, but you cannot accept that will, or you do not believe that that will was given to you, although you may see it physically, you cannot take advantage of it. And I believe that is what is happening to Christians with regard to healing. They read from scripture, Isaiah 53, that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He said, and the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. They are able to accept the first part of that will. Isaiah 53, verse 5. They are able to accept the first part. That Jesus died for our sins. And therefore, salvation is the will of God for every man. But they are not able to accept the second part. Why? Because they have not been able to find out how to walk in the light of the other part of the will of God. I believe... This is what is causing frustration in the church. That there are so many people that are sick. There are so many people that are dying of sickness, including men of God. Because they have not come to the point of understanding what this will of God is. They have not come to the point of understanding that sickness does not come from God. It is born out of the kingdom of darkness, which is led by Satan. And so the scripture says, Jesus came so that he might destroy Satan's work. And part of the work of Satan is sickness. And so if Jesus came to destroy Satan's work, then it means that sickness has already been destroyed. This is why scripture says, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. This is why the scripture also says in Acts 10, 38, Peter testified in Cornelius' household. He said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So sickness is an oppression of Satan. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. And so anyone who is able to come to the point of revelation, the point of understanding and acceptance through believing the word of God and taking action on the written word of God is acting in accordance with the will of God and therefore will receive the full benefit of the word. So the exciting thing about the will of God penned in the scripture, this written word, is that this will was signed and sealed by the blood of Christ. You see, in the natural, will is signed uh, with a testimony of what? A lawyer, a legal person. But this legal thing that was done by God, because God, there's no one beyond God. There is none above him. So God had to make this covenant by himself. And so when they came to Jesus and said, who then can be saved? Jesus said, this for what is impossible for man is possible with God. God had to fulfill, glory to God, his own will, had to sign and seal his will by his own blood, glory to God. This is why Jesus was pierced on the cross of Calvary. So anyone who is saying that healing is not the will of God because somebody did not receive it, He's actually making light of what Jesus fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. This is why the scripture, as I read to you in Isaiah 53, 
that says that he was pierced, yet we considered him stricken by God. We considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. Anytime we, we, we think that sickness is God is using sickness to show us something or sickness befalls you and then the sickness is not going away because of our lack of understanding or knowledge or lack of faith in the word of God. And we say that, oh, God is allowing this to teach me something. What you're doing is that God intentionally is punishing you or you're making light of what Jesus fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. But I have, I have a different testimony for you. And the testimony is this. That this word of God, healing, is the will of God. And it was signed and sealed with an eternal blood covenant through Christ. Hallelujah. And the spirit of the Lord, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord testifies to this word. Because the spirit is the truth. Because God Almighty, our Father, Almighty God, because there is none like him, none above him, and none that can be compared to him. So he had to make the covenant by himself. And so as it, as it is written in the book of the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 40, he said, who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him to? He said, to whom will you compare me? And who is the equal of God? Says the Holy One. He said, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, none of them is missing. This is the God that we're talking about. This is the God who made the covenant with his through his son that we might receive healing by faith through him. Because healing is already fulfilled. Hallelujah. Therefore, God had to sign and seal the will for his children by himself because there is no authority above him or to consult. So he made the covenant himself with the blood of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, once and for all. So it is not now that there is a particular sickness that God is now going to provide provision for healing for that sickness. All sickness, all manner of sickness, all manner of disease have been provided, have the healing of it, have been provided through the Lord Jesus. But what we do see is that what Christ Jesus fulfilled on the cross of Calvary was something spiritual. Although he had to pay the price for it in the flesh. So his flesh, his flesh was crucified on the, on the cross of Calvary. But what he fulfilled is something spiritual. Why? Because the kingdom of God, the things that God has established for his children, as we mentioned, is established in the spirit. This is why Jesus has fulfilled healing on the cross of Calvary. But there are so many sick. Why? Because this is something that is established in the spirit. And there is a process for how, or there's a principle, guarding how to translate that which God has already established in the spirit into full manifestation in the natural. And the simplest answer to that is faith. Faith. Faith is what is required to translate what God has already established in the spirit into the natural. Why do I say faith? Because faith 
is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That substance of faith is the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And what we've learned from Genesis is that it is the word that translates out of the spirit into manifestation in the natural. And so the word, as we have learned, is exists either as a spoken word or either as a specific word or as either as a fulfilled word of God. So irrespective of the format in which the word of God exists, it is the word that translates out of the spirit what God has already established for his children into manifestation in the natural. And this is what we're going to uncover as we study the subject of healing. So healing is the will of God. It is something spiritual. It is something that God has established in the spirit. But this healing can only be taken advantage of if you know how to engage, if you know how to translate what God has already established in the spirit into full manifestation in the natural. And what we see is that that is translated by faith. This is why Hebrews 11 verse 6, the Bible says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God because everyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This is what James also writes in James 1. That without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea. That person should not expect to receive anything from God. So we see that the only way that we can receive what God has already given us through Christ is by faith. So you read through our scripture. And as we go on, you see, we're building on this. We're still laying the groundwork for healing. Glory to God. Faith for healing. As we see from examples in scripture. And these things have been recorded for us. That many who were healed, Jesus said, go, your faith has made you well. Why? Because it is this faith that translates the healing power of God through the word into full manifestation in our body. A typical example is what we see in the book of Mark, Mark 5. The Bible says the woman who had bleeding for 12 years, she thought in her head that if I just touch the hem of the garment of the Lord Jesus, that I'll be healed. She had faith in the word of God. He had faith that if she touches the hem of the garment of the Lord Jesus, the word that, 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 that rang in her thought, the word that rang in her mind, the word got into her heart because you cannot take action on something you do not believe in. So she took action on the word of God. And the Bible says when she touched it, immediately she felt in her body that she was set free. The Bible says, Jesus said, the Bible says, power went out of Jesus. And Jesus began to turn said, who touched me? Why? That is the power of faith. When faith is acted on, when faith is demonstrated, it translates the power of God out of the spirit into full manifestation. And whoever is acting on that word. Hallelujah. So we have to understand that although this is the will of God, it is one thing to know that the will is for you. And it's another thing to know how to execute on that will. Glory to God. You can have a house full of will. If you do not execute or take action on the will, you cannot receive the benefit of it. And I believe this is what is happening to a lot of believers. There are some that have come to understand that healing is the will of God. But they don't know how to translate this healing, which is already established in the spirit for the children of God in the new covenant, into full manifestation in their lives. And so there are some that do trial and error. What I've seen is that there's a lot of trial and error. 
Let me try this. Let me try that. Go to this man of God. Do that. Do this. Try and error. But God has made it clear in his word how to receive healing. And this is what we're going to uncover as we study the word. And so, this God signed this will with the blood of his son. The Lord Jesus Christ, once and for all. And this will included healing, as we've seen from the book of the prophet Isaiah, testified by Matthew, and also testified by the apostle Peter. Hallelujah. And so when Christ appeared, you see, if you're still doubting that healing is the will of God, when Christ appeared, he said, I, I came to do the will of the Father. As scripture says in Psalm 40, verse 6 to 8, he said, therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. Glory to God. A body you prepared for me because it was out of the body. The piercing, as we read in the prophet Isaiah, out of the piercing of his body, out of the wounds he sustained, that by that wounds that we were healed. Hallelujah. Not going to be healed. We're healed because it's an established will of the living God. Hallelujah. It's a fulfilled word of God as we have, we have learned it's a sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. So Jesus came to do the will of God. So if Jesus came to do the will of God, if Jesus came to do the will of God, and Jesus went about doing good and healing people who were sick. Then that should tell us something. That sickness, healing, is also part of the will of God. As we've seen in the prophet Isaiah. But we've also seen that this sickness is not from God. It's from Satan. Because what we've learned from Genesis is that there was darkness already existing on the surface of the earth. Before God created it. And so now, as children of God, how do we then walk in the light of this? Now we've understood that healing is the will of God. And that sickness is an oppression of Satan. Sickness does not come from God. God has already provided healing for us through the cross of Calvary. This is why he says in the, the prophet Isaiah that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. So if this has been provided for by the Lord, then how do we take advantage of it? Why is it that I'm sick? Why is it that there's still sickness in my body? Because there is a process. There is a principle guarding how to translate that into your life. Hallelujah. And so we see in Matthew 8, this is giving you an example of this will of God, what God did through his word. In Matthew 8, verse 1 to 17, Jesus healed many to fulfill scripture. If he came to do the Father's will, then healing, as I mentioned, is part of the Father's will because healing was part of his ministry. Wherever Jesus went, he healed the sick. This is what the instruction he gave the apostles. He said, go preach the gospel, the gospel. Go preach the gospel. Healing is part of the gospel of Christ. So nobody can say they are, they are preaching the full gospel if people are not getting healed. Or they are not telling people 
that the gospel also brings healing. Hallelujah. And so Peter testified, as I mentioned, that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, because God was with him. That is the will of God. That every person is healed because of the covenant fulfilled through Christ Jesus. Our God is a merciful God Father. So he made provision in his word for healing for all those who would believe. So this is an established fact of God. This is an established truth. And the spirit of the Lord testifies to this. This is why the scripture says God confirmed his word. The word of God is the will of God. He confirmed his word through signs and wonders that followed the ministry of the apostles and even following us now. Glory to God. Because we've all been called into the purpose of Christ. Hallelujah. So it all comes to the point of knowing, believing, and accepting the word of God which is the will of God. That if you can believe that healing is the will of God. If you can accept that healing was fulfilled on the cross of Calvary by the Lord Jesus. If you can believe that it is God's will for you to be healed. Then you can align yourself with that word of God. And when you align yourself with the word. And now translate or speak the word or demonstrate the word, what we call the demonstration of faith. Translate the word which is established in the spirit because God is a spirit. And the things that he has for his children are established in the spirit. That you can translate that which is established in the spirit into full manifestation in the natural. Glory to God. And so if we accept human testimonies, then God's testimony has to be accepted easily. If we can accept the will of men as a testimony... Or as a testament to what they have given to their children. Then God's testimony should be easy to accept. So scripture says in 1 John 5, the verse 9 to 12. It says we accept human testimony. But God's testimony is greater. Because it is the testimony of, the testimony of God. Which he has given about his son. And the spirit of God testifies to this testimony. He said whoever believes in the son of God. Ideally. See, ideally, whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony, this testimony of God. And that testimony of God is that healing is the fulfilled word of God in the new covenant. The testimony is that healing is the will of God. That testimony is that sickness does not come from God. Because there was darkness already existent on the surface of the earth. God did not create darkness as we've seen from Genesis 1. That God saw, the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That the earth was formless, it was empty, and there was darkness over the surface of the deep. There was darkness over the surface of the deep because Satan, who is the prince of darkness, had already been cast out from heaven into the earth. And so the Bible says when God said, let there be light, he saw that the light was good and he separated the light from darkness. God did not create darkness. He had to separate the light out of which he made everything from the darkness because the darkness... Is born out of Satan. So scripture says, uh, David prophesied, although we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, anyone who has not accepted God's testimony, anyone who has not believed in the name of the Lord Jesus, is still controlled by the kingdom of darkness. Is still controlled by the, by the realms of the dead, which is Satan, which is ruled by Satan. But the scripture says, the reason Jesus came was to break the power of him who holds the 
of death and free those who are their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death because scripture says it is not Abraham it is not angels he helps but Abraham descendants who are Abraham descendants those who have faith in Christ Jesus glory to God because the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace so that it may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring so if you are the son of my voice and you have accepted the Lord Jesus this is part of your inheritance healing is also for you and so John writing to the church in 1 John 5 the verse 9 to 12 he said if we accept human testimony that we should be able to accept God's testimony because God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God which he has given He's not now going to give. He's already given that testimony about his son, Jesus. And the spirit of God testifies because the spirit is the truth. And so the spirit of Christ in you testifies. Not only that you are a child of God, but that by his stripes, you have been healed. As he says, whoever believes in the son of God accepts this testimony. People don't know that when they believe in Jesus, they've accepted the whole testimony about Christ. But in order, there's one thing to accept God's testimony. And there's another thing, you see, you can accept something and not walk in the light of it. You can accept something automatically without really understanding what you have. And I believe this is what is happening to a lot of Christians. This is why we started in time spot. We started something about, you know, understanding our inheritance in Christ Jesus. We've accepted Christ and the fullness of God, the glory of the Son of God, the anointing of God has been deposited in us because we have been born of the Spirit of God. But what we have accepted, we have accepted God's testimony, but we do not know what that testimony entails. We do not know the fullness of that glory we have received. This is what the word, the written word, which is a testament, the written word, which is the will of God, was given to us. So as we read the word, as we study the word, as we meditate on the word, we come into the light of what God has freely given us in Christ. This is why we meet and study the word. This is why we're studying this subject. Because what I've realized is that many have not come to the point of understanding that healing is a, is a will of God. Healing is already a fulfilled word of God. And they do not know how to translate that out of the spirit into full manifestation in, in their bodies. And so many walk around in darkness. They are deceived by Satan. That is one of the biggest deceptions of Satan for you to believe. That God allowed that sickness in your body. For you to believe that that sickness is God using that sickness to teach you something. It doesn't square with scripture. Sickness is an oppression of Satan. If God is using that sickness to teach you something, then when God heals you, God is working against himself. Jesus said, if a kingdom is divided among itself, that kingdom cannot stand. So the same God who gave you that sickness is now going to heal you. Well, it doesn't make sense at all. Sickness is an oppression of Satan. It is born out of the kingdom of darkness. But we, lack of knowledge or out of ignorance, allow. Believers, I'm talking to believers now. Out of ignorance. The people in the world, you're already in the dark. So for them, it's nothing new. But those of us who have come into the light, the scripture says whoever accepts God's testimony or whoever believes in the name of the Lord Jesus accepts this testimony that it is the will of God, that God has provided healing for us. He said whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his son. And this is what a lot of preachers 
There are some preachers going out there that saying that someone was not healed because it was not the will of God. That's blasphemy. They're speaking out of ignorance. Healing is the perfect will of God for every person who believes in him. Sometimes there are people who will receive healing by faith. They may not even know the Lord Jesus. But that is a sign to them. As, a, as, as, a, as an advertisement for the gospel. For them to come in into the inheritance. This is why wherever we, we go and preach the gospel. To places where they have not heard the gospel. There is burst of miracles. Because the, the, the book of Hebrews 2 tell us. He said how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation. This salvation which was announced by the Lord. You see salvation. We're, we're, we're going to come to that. This salvation which was first announced by the Lord. Was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the spirit distributed according to his will and so the apostle paul writing to the church in galatia he said you foolish galatians you started by means of the spirit are you not trying to finish by means of the flesh that god worked miracles among you by believing what you heard or by, by the works of the law it all comes to the point of believing what christ fulfilled on the cross of calvary and so he said, whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar. Because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his son. And he said, and this is the testimony. That God has given us eternal life. The scripture says, in him was life. John 1. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. So if God created darkness, that if God is using his light to drive out darkness, God is working against himself. Sickness is from the kingdom of darkness. And so he said, God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. This eternal life, which came by Christ Jesus, through the finished work on the cross of Calvary, we also know from Isaiah 53 that that also came with healing. This is why wherever the gospel is preached, as I, as I recited to you in Hebrews 2, the verse 1 and 2, he says, if we, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which is believing in Christ Jesus, brings you into that salvation, which was announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God testified to it. By signs, wonders, and various miracles. This is why he told us, go preach my word. Heal the sick and even raise the dead. The raising of the dead is part of it. But a lot of us, we've got stuck. We've accepted part of God's will, which is salvation. And we've neglected the rest. And so people are not able to walk in the fullness of the inheritance in Christ Jesus. But I have told myself, this is a, a, a personal desire of mine. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord, because the Scripture says in Philippians 2, the verse 13, that it is Him who works in us to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. I cannot accept part of the will of God. I want to accept the fullness of the will of God. Because I want to live in the fullness of Christ. And so I believe, this is what Scripture says, in 2 Corinthians 4, the verse 13 said, I believe, therefore I've spoken. And since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. So this morning, I'm speaking to you what I believe. But what I believe, it doesn't come out, out from me. It comes 
from the word of God. What I'm reading to you is scripture. It's not my own mind. It's not my own understanding. This is the word of the living God. That is eternal life in his son. And this part of this eternal life is the provision for healing. The Bible says Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? Spiritual death, sickness, and poverty. These three things. You read through Deuteronomy, it will tell you. Jesus, Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of the law and brought us into eternal life. Then in this eternal life, all these are provided. Sickness is taken care of. Poverty is taken care of. We've accepted the first one, which is salvation, which is I am saved. A lot of Christians have accepted that. There are some that have, have been able to accept the provision. In the past, people used to you know, dwell on poverty, that it is good to be poor as a Christian because they had not accepted, they, did not, they have not come into the light of the fullness of the inheritance. And so they accepted poverty. But now in the light of the revelation, the Bible says, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God's glory. Hallelujah. But the light of the word that is now being preached People have been able to accept the fact that poverty is not from God. And so now Christians are doing very well compared to Christians in the past. But I believe the last part is still lacking. Sickness. And even among ministers. Ministers dying. People, men of God dying, the children dying at tender age. Because many have not come into the light of the word of God. I'm not saying it. Scripture is saying that healing is the will of God. And I give a typical example, and this, is, this struck me. This struck me. It, it bothers me to see especially men of God dying of sickness and the children dying before their time. It, it bothers me a lot. Seriously, it's something that bothers me. And, and, I, and I had to go before the Lord and pray about this. And the Spirit of the Lord began to open my eyes to something. And, and, and the light of it, we, we, we're sharing. We, we're sharing the, the light of it. Not that I've been able to even live in the fullness of it. But it's a gradual revelation. Glory to God. It's a gradual revelation. As we mature in Him, we come into knowledge. We grow in knowledge. Glory to God. And so I'm continuing. I knew, I know more today than I knew yesterday. Glory to God. Because of the constant fellowship and the studying of His Word. I did not understand. It it bothered me a lot. Because what what I was reading in Scripture did not square with what I was seeing out there. I read in, in the book of Acts. The Apostle Paul was preaching. He spent the whole night talking about the kingdom of God, preaching the gospel. And there was a, a young man who was, who was sitting on the, uh, 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 at the window. The Bible says the man fell from the third floor, hit the ground and died on the spot. And I'm telling you, if it were today, the men of God today, they would have gone and buried the person. Oh, he believed the word of God. He was standing the word so he's going to heaven. What did the Apostle Paul do? The Bible says, there's nowhere in scripture that tells us that the Apostle Paul had a revelation that he should pray for the man. No, because the Apostle Paul knew the word of God, that the gospel brings salvation, it brings healing, and it's able to even resurrect the dead. But it all comes to the point of faith. And this is where we're studying the subject of faith. Faith applies to everything. And so what, that is why the topic for this is faith for healing. And how to walk in the light of it. You cannot walk in the light of the fullness of God's glory without faith. This is why scripture says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. The apostle Paul went down 
laid on a man, prayed, and the man got up. The person who was dead, now alive. Why? Because of the gospel. This is the power of the gospel. And so he said, when I came to you, I did not come in human eloquence or words of wisdom. And I believe this is what we're seeing in our day. That the people that are speaking words, they're not speaking the word of God. The word is not coming out with power and authority. It's not coming with power and authority. And so people's hope or people's faith are now relying on words of men instead of the word of God. So the apostle Paul said, I did not come in human eloquence or words of wisdom. But I came with a demonstration of the spirit's power. So that your faith may not rely on human wisdom, but on God's power. What is the power of God? The gospel. The gospel. The gospel, the word of the living God. But in these days, we hear part of the gospel. We do not hear the full gospel. People, when, when, when believers now came into the light that it is God's will for us to prosper, now the prosperity message is spreading. And that is even led to covetousness. And so there are now people focused on more material wealth, materiality than the word of God. But scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things shall be added unto you. You see, that, that is the deceit of Satan. They should go back to the scriptures. Well, the, 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 the temptations of Satan is always been the same. The temptations of Satan is grouped into three. In the wilderness, we saw the light of it in the wilderness, in the old covenant. They, they gave in to their cravings. They put God to the test and they worship idols. The same temptation Jesus had to face. And so the, David prophesied in Isaiah in, 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 in Psalm 95. He said, In the wilderness, they gave in to their cravings. In the wilderness, they put God to the test. In the wilderness, they went back in their heart to Egypt and worshipped idols. The same temptation the Lord Jesus faced. The Bible says, Jesus, full of the Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. The first temptation if you are the Son of God, turn this stone to become bread. That is given into the lustful desires of the flesh. The second temptation was trying to say, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. And the Bible says that Jesus said, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. The same second temptation. The third temptation, he said, he took him to, to the highest point of the city, on top of the, uh, 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 of the city. And he said, look at the beauty and the splendor of the earth. If you bow down to me, I will give you all of this. And the Bible says, the Bible says that, that, uh, that Jesus said it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. So what Jesus fulfilled through those temptations, one was to, the first one, one was to kill the motions of the flesh. Jesus did not give in to the temptations of the flesh. Two, he did not put God to the test. And three, he did not go back into his heart. He did not give in to the cravings of the world. The Bible says if anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. So this is just throwing this in. That, that, that covetousness is loving the things of the world and neglecting the word of God. And neglecting the word of God. Neglecting the word of God. If we neglect the word of God, this is what happens. If we neglect the word of God, this is what happens. And so we go to the next one. We go to the next one. 
Which is, so if this has been fulfilled through Christ, and if anyone who accepts God's testimony walks in the light of it, give, give me one second. If Jesus fulfilled this on the cross of Calvary and Jesus had to go through all of this for us, that we have to understand that this is very important. And so the scripture says that anyone who has this eternal life has accepted God's testimony. But we have accepted this testimony, but we do not understand. We do not know what this entails. We do not know that healing is part of it. And this is why we're studying the subject of healing. That this healing also came by faith. This healing was also fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. And so he said that eternal life came by Christ Jesus through the finished work on the cross of Calvary. And we know that healing was also fulfilled or paid for on the cross. So that means it's God's will for everyone to be healed through what Jesus finished. On the cross of Calvary. This is why the scripture says, Jesus said, it is finished. Jesus finished the work of the Father. And what was the work of the Father? Redemption. Redeeming us from the curse of the law. Spiritual death. Healing. And poverty. Jesus finished it. Hallelujah. And so the same word as we saw in, in, in Isaiah 53, and I will read, read the word because the more you read the word, the more it registers in your spirit. The same word that brought salvation or eternal life is the same word that brought healing. Both fulfilled on the cross of Calvary through Christ. This is why I went through the, the, the explaining the spoken word of God, the specific word of God, and the fulfilled word of God. Healing is the fulfilled word of God. And now we're going to look at how this healing comes. And how do you receive it? And so if you are the son of my voice and you, you, you've been going through sickness that has been chronic, that doctor says, you know, that, that there's nothing we can do about it. There is hope. The hope is that the word of God has provided healing for us. But this healing, first, you have to understand is the will of God. Two, you have to understand that it is the fulfilled word of God. And the same word that brought salvation is the same word that brought healing. How do we know? Isaiah 53, the verse 5. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me there. As you read this for yourself, you see it. He said, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. That salvation. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And we're going to tackle that, 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 that phrase. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. We'll tackle that, that later on. And by his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. The same as of 53, 5. 
provided salvation and healing, both fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. And so now we come into what, what the focus is for the rest of the time that we have today. If healing is the will of God, if healing is the fulfilled word of God, how does this healing come? How do I receive healing? It is important to know, everyone knows that God is able to heal. But there are folks that didn't know that it is the will of God. So now that we've come to understand that it's the will of God, now we've also come to understand that it's already fulfilled. Which means God has already established this in the spirit. It's not now that he's going to do it. It's already done. But now we have to find out how to translate this out of the spirit into full manifestation in our lives. And this is where it gets a bit tricky. This is where the spirit of the Lord has to enlighten you to come into understanding of it. We know that everything comes by faith. The scripture says in Habakkuk 2 verse 4 that the just shall live by faith. And so how you receive this healing is simply by faith. How you receive this healing, I say that again, is by faith. How? Through the word of God. Healing in the new covenant. The word is a healer. And the word is Christ Jesus himself. So Jesus is the healer. And so how you receive this healing is by faith. And so then how do we then examine? We've studied the subject of faith. How do we then model this, uh, this faith to align with healing? Or what does scripture say about uh, uh, he, uh, healing that comes by faith? Let's examine the scriptures. We've already seen that salvation and healing came by faith, both fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. But we also know that folks are able to receive salvation. The same people who are able to receive salvation are not able to receive healing. And I want to ask yourself why. Why is it that the same people who are able to receive salvation are not able to receive healing? That should tell you about something. That should tell us that there is a word for everything that we do here on earth. The word that brought salvation, we say that is the same word because that both words were fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. But there is a specific word that also brought healing. Until you have aligned yourself with the healing word of God, you cannot and believe the word, you cannot transition into faith for healing. I'll say that again. Until you have aligned yourself. The aligning yourself is knowing what the word is. Believed the word. You do not transition into faith. Or you do not have readiness of faith for healing. Because this healing also comes by faith. Everything that we do as believers come by faith. And so we're going to examine a few scriptures. To understand how to receive how to build us, build our faith for healing. First, if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Romans, Romans 10. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Rome, began to open their eyes to a particular revelation. Here, it doesn't specify healing, but from the understanding we've gained from Scripture, which says that the just shall live by faith, that healing 
and salvation both fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. So which means, this is why the Spirit of the Lord enlightened me to understand that healing is a fulfilled word of God. Our salvation is the fulfilled word of God. So if both are fulfilled word of God and both come by faith, then the same process that you receive salvation is the same process that you receive healing. That should be clear, right? So now let's examine the scriptures. So now we're going to look at how healing faith comes. Or the faith for healing and how to demonstrate it. How does the faith of healing come? And how do you walk in the light of it? If you have your Bibles now, if you've turned now, Romans 10. I'm going to read something here. The Apostle Paul writing to the church. He's writing about righteousness. And so you read the verse 6. He said, but the righteousness that is by faith. We all understand that righteousness came by faith. And this righteousness came by the fact that Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for us. So by believing in him, we become the righteousness of God. Why? Because the word has already been fulfilled. This is why by believing in him and by professing with your mouth, you already become the righteousness of God. You don't have to do anything else. It's by hearing the word, believing the word, and releasing that word. And now there's a revelation here that I want you to get. He said, by the righteousness that is by faith, what does it say? So now I, I jump to the verse 8 because, you know, that there's something here that is not related to what we're talking about. So I jump to the verse 8, Romans 10 verse 8. So, but what does it say? He's still talking about righteousness by faith. He's talking about faith now. The word is near you. So if you have your Bible, please, I want you to turn with me there. I want you to look at the word for yourself. The righteousness that is by faith, the verse 8, what does it say? So the word is near you. And I want you to listen to where the word is. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. So here, he's generalizing it. That the message concerning faith says that the word of God is not just in your heart. But it has to be in your mouth. That is the message concerning faith. So if healing comes by faith, it means that the healing word should be in your heart and the healing word should be in your mouth. And so here he began to use righteousness that came by faith to explain this revelation to the church. Here he's not writing to unbelievers. He's writing to the church, the church in Rome. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So this is how I put it. And the man of God also puts it. That, 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 he said, this is the Spirit of the Lord speaking through the Apostle Paul. And I believe it's so. He said, the word is near you. It is in your heart. It is in your mouth. And in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. The verse 9. If you declare, you see, spoken word. You see here, there is a speaking again coming. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So this is how salvation comes. Salvation comes by you declaring with your mouth, by believing in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. The scripture says, when you believe in your heart, let, let me read a full thing so that we, we, we can now go into what the Spirit of the Lord is enlightening our spirit to understand. The verse 10, he said, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess 
your faith. It is not with your mouth. It doesn't say it is with your mouth that you profess your hope. It says it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Glory to God. So here, the light of the revelation here is that in order for you to come into the fullness, here the Apostle Paul is using salvation as an example. In order for you to come into the light of salvation, in order for you to be actually saved, you have to believe first in your heart that Jesus died and was raised from the dead. He said when you believe that, you are justified. But believing something in your heart does not save you. It is the right step toward salvation. But he said it is with your mouth that you profess your faith. Why? Because salvation came by faith. So when you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and you spoke the word out of your mouth, glory to God. This is why I was speaking about the spoken word of God. The spoken word. Because salvation is already a fulfilled word of God. And so that salvation is fulfilled in the spirit. And God is a spirit. The things that he has established for his children are established in the spirit. But until that which is established in the spirit is translated out of the spirit into manifestation in the natural, you do not see the fullness and the benefit of the word. This is what is happening. So you see that until you speak the word of salvation out of your mouth, you do not translate that salvation which has already been fulfilled through Christ out of the spirit into full manifestation in your life. This is why all of us, when we came to believe in Christ Jesus, when we came to salvation, the person who let us say, repeat after me. Why? There are people who do these things, but they do not understand the revelation behind it. The revelation is this. It is a word of faith. First says that the word is in your heart and the word is in your mouth. Glory to God. The mouth is so that you can translate what is established in the spirit into full manifestation in the natural. That is the spoken word of God. So when you speak the word of God, you are translating what God has already established in the spirit into full manifestation in the natural. And this is what is beating a lot of people. That when you translate this, when you relate to this, to healing, healing is also a fulfilled word of God. Because what we've examined from scripture in Matthew 8, 17, he said this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. That indeed himself took up our infirmities and bore our disease. That is the word of healing. But until you believe that word, you can believe all that word you want. But until you release that word through the spoken word of God. Because when the word is fulfilled, what the spirit of the Lord spoke to me is this when the word is being fulfilled through Christ all you need is faith and proclamation so you believe the word in your heart then you speak the word when you speak the word you translate what God has established in the spirit into full manifestation in the natural and this is what God demonstrated through creation in Genesis so you read throughout Genesis whatever God created he spoke into existence so you read Genesis 1, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and there was darkness over the surface of the deep. The Bible says, and God said, he spoke. Why? Because God was trying to translate that which he has established in the spirit into full manifestation in the natural. Until you speak the word of God, until you speak the word, you cannot translate that which is established in the spirit into manifestation in the natural. And so what we do see when it comes to healing, there are people that believe that Jesus has already paid a price for it but they do not know how to translate that spiritual uh, fulfillment that spiritual word out of the spirit into full
full manifestation in the natural. There are people who also know how to translate it, but they do not translate the right word. They said, oh, I believe God is going to heal me. That is hope. But the scripture says, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith, not your hope, and are saved. So healing, just like salvation, is fulfilled word of God. But in order for you to walk in the light of this revelation, in order for you to see the full manifestation of the word in your life, first, we've started with a building block. You have to know that God is able. You have to know that it is the will of God. That's where it starts. Once you've accepted that it is the will of God, you have accepted God's testimony. That's the right step. Then now you're building your hope. Now you have to understand that that faith comes and that salvation, uh, that healing comes by faith. Then that faith, what we've learned in the past, is that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so here, the definition will, will play out very well here. You start with hope. The hope that God is able to heal. The hope that it is the will of God that you are healed. Glory to God. That God has already fulfilled this word through Christ. That is hope. But then, it is one thing to have hope and know the will of God. But it's another thing to translate it. How you translate what you're hoping for into full manifestation in your life is transitioning from hope to faith. This is why we had a whole session or teaching on how to transition from hope to faith. A lot of Christians live in hope. And so, there are Christians that believe that God is able to heal. It is the will of God to to heal me. But they do not know the word. Or even if they know the word, they don't know how to translate the word. And so some, the scripture says, by his stripes, you are healed. And some people are saying, God is going to heal me. You see, it doesn't align with scripture. And so what they are trying to translate is not in alignment with the will of God. Lo and behold, they receive nothing. And as we go on, I'm going to show you a typical example. God, the, the, the word of God is so true. Aside from what I've read from scripture, the spirit of the Lord intentionally took me through the steps, step-by-step process of how to receive healing by a manifestation of the word through somebody that I prayed with. And I'm going to share that as a testimony for us to know. And so what, what the apostle Paul, the revelation that the spirit of the Lord is making known to us this morning is that in order for you to come to the point of healing, that healing comes by faith. But in order for you to receive that healing, first, you have to know the word. You have to understand that the healing comes by faith. And that faith says, the apostle Paul writes into the church, that is the message concerning faith we proclaim. What is the message? That the word is near you. It is in your heart and in your mind. Uh, in your heart and in your mouth. That is the message concerning faith. So in order for you to come to the point of knowing that you have faith to be healed, you have to know the word. But the word should not just be in your mind. And this is also another thing that we have to address. And as we go on, we're going to look at some of the stumbling blocks to healing. We're taking our time on the subject of healing because there are many that are ignorant in this area. But the Spirit of the Lord is gradually opening my eyes, opening our eyes to the revelation that He has laid out in His Word. That it is His will for every person to be healed. And once we come into the light of it, glory to God, begin to walk in the light of healing. Begin to walk in the light of healing. The sickness comes, it has to leave. 
because the word has been fulfilled. But he says, the faith says that the word is in your heart and in your mouth. He doesn't, he didn't say anything about the mind. And I want you to ask yourself why. There is nothing about the word in your mind. Although the Bible says we should renew our mind because it is out of the mind that the heart receives. You see, you, you study the word through the mind that the spirit of the Lord would translate the word into your heart because faith is of the heart. The reason why he did not talk about the mind is because faith is of the heart. Faith is a substance of the spirit and that faith resides in your spirit. This is why in 2 Corinthians 4, the verse 13, he said, I believe, therefore, I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, faith is a substance of the spirit. And that substance of the spirit dwells in the heart. So it can only be made substantive. That something can only be made real if it is in the heart. So this is what scripture says. That faith is, Hebrews 11, the verse 1, is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The second part of the definition is that the evidence. How can you have the evidence of something you cannot see? And this is what I was talking about. The scripture says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. No mind has conceived what God has in store for those who love him. The things God has in store for those who love him can be accessed by faith. Because it is not something you can see. It is something spiritual. And faith is a substance of the spirit. And so he said, faith is. The substance of things hoped for, that substance of faith is just to allow us to understand where we can find the word of faith. Faith, that substance has a source. Every substance has a source. And the source of faith is the word of God. This is what Romans 10 verse 17 says, Therefore faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so the more you hear the word, or the more you study the word of God for yourself, you come to the point of faith. But you can only come to the point of faith in God's word when you have believed the word. And so there are people that study the word of God. They can recite scripture in their mind. But the word has not produced a conviction in their heart. Because they, so they do not have faith. So they must speak the word. But they do not see the manifestation of the word. Because if the word is just spoken. But it is not spoken by faith. Because it is by faith that you can translate what is established in the spirit. Into full manifestation in the natural. Faith is what is required. It's not just knowing the word, but believing the word in your heart. For it says, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. The moment you believe the word of God. And now we're talking about healing. The moment you believe, align and believe the word of God concerning healing you automatically now have faith. You've transitioned from hope to faith. And now you have readiness of faith to be healed. But that readiness of faith is not enough also. He says, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth. You have to release that word. You have to speak that word. Why? Because faith is demonstrated through action. And, and some man of God put it this way. For, and what the Spirit of the Lord has made known to me is this. That if a word has been fulfilled. You see, we, we talked about the spoken word of God. The specific word of God and the fulfilled word of God. For a word to be fulfilled, it has to have gone through. That word should have gone through the process of being spoken. 
that is being translated out of the spirit into existence in the natural, the word should have been acted on. And when the word has been acted on, you have what we call a fulfilled word. And so salvation spoken through the prophet Isaiah or other prophets also. The word acted on by the Lord Jesus fulfilled on the cross of Calvary. So it's a fulfilled word. It went through being spoken. It went through being acted on. And now the word exists in the new covenant as a fulfilled word of God. And because it is a fulfilled word of God, what the spirit of the Lord opened my eyes to this. If the word is fulfilled, all you need is faith and proclamation. And that when the spirit of the Lord opened my eyes to, it is confirmed by Romans 10. That we read that it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith. And I say, but he continues, he said, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Can you believe the word of God concerning healing? The moment you believe the word of the living God, you transition from hope to faith. But what we also have to note is that you have to believe the word as it is written. There are people that believe the word, but they do not believe the right word. And so some will say, God is going to heal me. But that is not what scripture says. Or I hope God heals me. That's not what scripture says. There's no way in the New Testament that said, God is going to heal you. Or I hope God heals me. He says, by his stripes, you were healed. By his stripes, you have been healed. By his stripes, we are healed. That is the word. And so what I always say is that take the word of God in face value. Don't try to mix any theory with it. Take it in face value. The moment you believe the word of God, believe the word as it is written. And now when you believe the word, the Bible says you should have evidence of it. Because faith is the substance. That substance of faith is the word of God. Because every substance has a source. And the source of faith from Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that source of faith is the word of God. And so when you align what you're hoping for with the word of God and you believe the word, the scripture says you fulfill the first part of the definition of faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for. But now the second part of the definition is that the evidence of things not seen. The moment you believe the word of God, you transition from hope to faith. Because faith starts with hope. He said, it's the substance of things hoped for. That hope comes from the love of God. That hope comes from knowing that God is able. That hope from, comes from knowing that it is the will of God. That is the hope of salvation. That is the hope that you have in Christ Jesus. That when something Something is that God is able to do something for you in the future. That is hope. Hope is futuristic. But when it comes to the point where you need the healing now, hope is of no value. Hope does not bring anything to the apostle Paul says, who hopes for what they already have. But if we hope for something we do not have, then we wait for it patiently. You see, so hope is futuristic. So you can say that you have hope for healing. Because it's been provided by the Lord Jesus when you are not sick. So now that I'm not sick, I can hope for, for healing when I'm sick. But when the sickness comes, one, based on that hope, I have to find the word of God, which is the source of faith, which is the substance of faith. Believe the word. And the moment you believe the word, you transition from hope to faith. And that is where a lot of people have not come to understanding. It's the spirit of the Lord that opened my understanding to this word. 
And the light of it, I've shared this. The light of it is seen in Romans 10, the, 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 the Romans 4. The Bible says, Abraham, so the Apostle Paul again was writing to the church in Rome. He's talking about the subject of faith. He said, let us, cons- let, let us examine the scriptures to see what our father Abraham discovered in this matter of faith. You read the verse 16, Romans 4, the verse 16, he said, Therefore the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace, so that it may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Who, is, who are the offsprings of Abraham? Anyone who has the faith of Abraham, anyone who has believed in Christ Jesus is seen as the offspring of Abraham because Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. The same way our faith in Christ Jesus has been credited to us as righteousness. He said, the God who is able to give life, there's a revelation here, said the God who is able to give life to the dead and calls into being Things that were not. He's talking about things that are established in the spirit but are not in the natural. God is able to call. How do you call something? Speaking. If you want to call somebody, if you want to call your child, you speak to them. And so he said that God who is able to call things into being that were not. The reason why he calls things into being that were not. Because these things he's calling are established in the spirit. The spiritual realm is different from the natural realm. In the natural realm these things are not because we cannot see it. The natural realm things can only be made manifest by the senses. Either by seeing, by feeling or by hearing. So this is what the scripture says. That faith, we walk by faith and not by sight. He's literally talking about the senses. That is what how we live in the natural realm. The natural realm, things are made real to us through our senses. But in the spiritual realm, things are made real by the Spirit. This is what the Spirit has been given to us. So that God, who is able to call things into being that were not, is God calling that which he has established in the Spirit into manifestation in the natural. Hallelujah. And so you read, that, 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 that's the verse 17, and you read the verse 18. He said, against all hope against all hope abraham in hope believed <laughs> glory to god after the spirit of the lord opened my eyes to the scriptures that until you believe the word of god you do not transition from hope to faith then he took me to the scripture he said against all hope you see apostle paul now giving an example of how to transition from hope to faith he said against all hope abraham in hope why because faith starts with hope hebrews 11 verse 1 therefore faith is the substance of things hoped for so abraham had to be in hope how did abraham get hope abraham got hope because of the love of god glory to god so the apostle paul writes he said hope does not put us to shame because the love of god has been poured out into our heart you cannot come to the point of hope if you haven't accepted the love of god that love of god comes through christ jesus the moment you believe in Christ Jesus, the, your spirit is born again. And the first fruit of the spirit, as we have studied, is love. So that love of God has given you the point of, has brought you to the point of hope. You have hope of salvation. You have hope of God doing something for you. But the Apostle Paul, by revelation, speaking to the church, saying that Abraham was facing a situation in the natural. Glory to God. And that situation was hopeless in the natural. But we do see in the verse 17, this is the verse 18. In the verse 17, he said that God who is able to give life to the dead and calls into being things that were not so which which is giving us a preamble to what faith is able to do faith is able to translate that which god has established in the spirit into full manifestation in the natural and now he's trying to use abraham's example to help us understand how to transition from hope to faith and so he says against all hope 
And so you may be going through sickness that has been there for a long time. A, a condition that has been there from all, uh, for a long time. In the natural, it is hopeless. It is against all hope. But the Bible says, Abraham in hope. Let, let, let's turn our Bibles there. Romans 4. And uh, we'll come back to this. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. The word of God is just full of the light. Full of the light. And if we can, we can accept the word of God. If we can walk in the light. The Bible says whoever walks in the light will not stumble. And so, he said, the, the, verse, 17, the verse 17, Romans 4, the verse 17. As it is written, I have made you father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. That was what we're talking about. Let's go to the verse 18. The verse 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. You see, Abraham did not just Thank you, Spirit of the living God. Abraham did not just have hope, but Abraham in hope believed and so became. And I want you to look at the tense here. The moment Abraham believed the word of God, he became the father of many nations. How? Because the moment you believe the word of God, it means that you have transitioned from hope to faith. And faith is, faith is that you have it. And so the moment he believed the word, in the spirit, he became. He said, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. So what did Abraham believe? Let's read on. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So when, what did Abraham believe? Abraham believed the word of God. Just as it had been said to him, the spoken word of God. The word that God has spoken to him. This is why I said, it doesn't matter whether the word exists as a spoken word, whether the word exists as a, a specific word, or the word exists as a fulfilled word. It is still the word of God. So no matter the format in which the word of God exists, when you believe the word, you transition from hope to faith. Hallelujah. So against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So Abraham, in hope, because faith starts with hope, believed the word of God and therefore transitioned from hope to faith. How do we know that Abraham's transition from hope to faith? Read the verse 19. Without weakening in his faith. So if Abraham was still in hope, the scripture would have said, without weakening in his hope. But scripture says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. So he faced the fact of life with faith, not with hope. And this is what the Spirit of the Lord began to open my eyes to. That a lot of us, we, we face a hopeless situation in the natural with hope. The hope that God is going to do. You are facing a fact, that fact is right before you. Hope is when that, that there's nothing. Hope is when the, the, nothing has before you have hope that God will do something for you. The Apostle Paul says that they went through a hard time when they were preaching the gospel. So God delivered them because they, they, were, they, went, they got to a point of, of despair. The despair of life itself. But he said this happened so that they will not rely on themselves. He said this is the hope they have that God will continue to deliver them. No problem, no hardship has, had, had arrived at that point. But he had hope of God delivering him. In the future. But when the problem is now. 
when you are facing the fact now, Abraham understood that in order for him to face the fact, in order for him to transition, in order for him to trans or transform or transition or translate God, 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 God has established for him in the spirit into manifestation in the natural, he needed to transition from hope to faith. He had hope all along. But when he was facing that fact of life, he had to transition from hope to faith. The moment you transition from hope to faith, and the scripture has made it clear to us how you transition from hope to faith, by believing the word of God. The moment you believe the word of God, you transition from hope to faith. And so the scripture says, when he believed, he became just as it had been said to him. That is the evidence that what he believed was the word of God. Not the words of men. Not the words that Sarah was telling him. But the word of the living God. There are a lot of us that believe the words of men. Instead of the word of the living God. This morning the challenge to you if you're going through any sickness. Do not believe the words of men. No matter what people are saying. Do, do not believe the words that they are telling you. That this is incurable. Good. In the natural it is hopeless. But in order for you to face that fact. You have to transition from hope. To faith and how you transition from hope to faith is by believing the word of God but the evidence the moment you believe the word of God you should have evidence because faith is evidence based how do we know Hebrews 11 verse 1 faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen the moment you believe the word of God you have evidence of what you're hoping for in your heart he said that evidence you cannot see so don't look for a physical manifestation yet he said you should have evidence. That evidence has to manifest in a certain way. Here the Bible says, when Abraham believed God, he became. That is the evidence. He said against all hope. Abraham in hope believed. The moment he believed, he transitioned from hope to faith. And so became. He had evidence that he is the father of many nations. And so the scripture says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was 100 years old. So he faced the fact of life with, with faith. But a lot of us, because we face the fact of life, we face that sickness with hope. Therefore, we believe the doctor's testimony over the word of God. And so if you hang on to hope without transitioning from hope to faith, you would accept the fact of life against the word of God. The scripture says, face the fact of life with faith. Don't face, it, don't face it with hope. Because when you face it with hope, you may transition into unbelief. But he also says that the moment you believe the word of God, you would have evidence. So the question is, how does this evidence show, show up? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How does this evidence show up in my life? And I want you to, we've examined this in the past, so I want you to turn with me to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 gives us the light of this revelation of the evidence of readiness of faith. Faith, because not everything, not even healing, not all healings manifest immediately. If you, there are levels of faith. If you, there are some levels of faith that the moment you believe the word of God, you see the manifestation of healing instantly. And what I have seen from my own uh, testimonies and example, especially, he, uh, 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 what is it? Pain, infection, these conditions. Usually once you have faith, 
those things to depart immediately. But there are situations like cancers that the body has been, has been, has been eaten by these cancerous cells. And so you will, you will get a relief. That relief is the peace. That peace is a sign of readiness of faith. The moment you believe the word of God, you have peace in your heart. And that is the example that I'm going to give you. The moment you have peace, the scripture says that peace is a sign of readiness of faith. That peace is evidence that you have readiness of faith to receive your healing. And this is why the scripture says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You should have evidence of it before you know that you are ready in faith. But a lot of us do not examine our heart to see whether we have the evidence. That evidence, he said, that evidence, you cannot see it. That evidence, how can you have an evidence of something you can't see? The only way you can have an evidence you can't see is when that thing resides in your heart. That substance of faith is a spirit which resides in the heart. There is a conviction that spurs up, that springs forth within your heart and that manifests by peace. This is what, because peace is a fruit of the Spirit. We read as the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Peace is the Spirit of God that manifests the word that you are believed in as peace, as evidence in your heart. And so we read in Ephesians 6, the Apostle Paul teaching the church in Ephesus about the armors of God. He said, therefore, put on the full armor of God. Reading from the verse 13. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. The belt of truth there. The truth. John 17, verse 17. Jesus said, Father, truly for them I sanctify myself. He said, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So what the Apostle Paul is teaching the church is that that belt of truth is the word of God. Put the word of God back on around your waist. And lo and behold, the word of God is the source of faith. So we see that the armors of God that the Apostle Paul is teaching the church here under the inspiration of the Spirit is so that they will come to the point of readiness of faith. How do we know? Let's read on. He said, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground against the wiles of the devil. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted. With the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So he says, once you have the word, the moment you have believed the word of God, the word should produce peace in your heart. That peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And I like the readiness that is used in the NIV. You read other translations, it said preparation is the same thing. It doesn't make light. It does not diminish the revelation here. The revelation is that the word of God will produce peace. This is why wherever Jesus went, he said, peace be with you. Because he wanted people to have the peace born out of him. This is why he's called the prince of peace. Glory to God. Because he is the living word. Whenever the word of God is ushered into a man and the person receives and believes the word, there is evidence of peace. Because peace is a sign of readiness of faith. Because faith comes. By hearing and hearing by the word of God. How do we know that the peace is a sign of readiness of it? Read verse 16. He said, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The whole point of the armor of God was so that it would come to the point of readiness of faith. And that readiness of faith is evident by peace. 
And so the question you may have is, he's talking about faith in general. So then what, what, what happens to the, is this peace also a, a sign of readiness of faith for healing? I want to take you to the book of the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 53. The spirit of the Lord opened my eyes to this as well. You see, the word of God is true. However, wherever, whether it's in the old covenant or the new covenant, they are a testimony to themselves. The Bible says in the Bible, through two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Glory to God. So let's go back to Isaiah 53 from the verse 5 that we read. The scripture says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. So peace, which is a sign of readiness of faith, preceded the word that brought us healing. Why? Because peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And healing comes by faith. And so God gives you that peace so that you would have readiness of faith as evidence. Because faith is evidence-based. The moment you believe the word of God, you transition from hope to faith. And that faith is evident by peace in your heart. Glory to God. And that peace, the moment you have that peace born out of the word of God, then it means that now you have readiness of faith to be healed. This is the evidence. You can, and, I, and I examine this in other translation. It's the same thing, peace. The punishment that brought us peace. Why? Because that peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And healing comes by faith. And as we're going to see, when the Spirit of the Lord opened my understanding to this revelation, He demonstrated this. So we're not just speaking of something that the Spirit of the Lord has, that has thrown the light on in the Word for us to see. But we've also seen it manifest naturally in the lives of the people. That the Lord had brought to us for us to minister to. I prayed with somebody. And the Spirit of the Lord took me the, through the process of healing with this person. Evidence of peace before the person was healed. And I did not even tell the person. I just asked questions. And she kept answering, answering. And I saw that the answers were in line with the Word of God. And as we go along in this teaching, I'm going to share those testimonies. Uh, you see, we'll share testimonies from scripture. There are several scripture examples. And we'll also share testimonies in real life. I had the privilege to pray with somebody. And the person was, was, was suffering from a condition. At the hospital, at, at the point where, where, when I prayed with that person. I said the word of faith. And after I prayed, the person kept crying saying, I hope God heals me. She was in hope. At that point... The Spirit of the Lord had made this revelation known to me. So I knew that no amount of prayers would be able to heal that person because she was in hope. She was not in faith. She had hope that God is able to do. That's why she even allowed me to pray with her. She knew that healing, maybe, I don't know, maybe the healing is the will of God. I don't know. But what she said gave me an understanding to her status of faith. She did not have faith. She had hope. And what the Spirit of the Lord had opened my eyes to through the scripture is that until the word manifests, you believe the word and the word manifests as peace in your heart, you will not be healed. And what I've seen from this example, that it is not because the person did not really believe the word of God. They did not know the right word. She might know that God is able to heal, but she doesn't know the right word. And so when people do not know the right word, they do not speak or do not believe in alignment with the word. 
And so there are Christians that know that God is able to heal, but they do not know what the healing word is. And so they are not able to have faith. They have hope, but they do not have faith because they do not know the right word to believe, to transition from hope to faith. And so what did I do? After I said the first prayer, and I said, how are you feeling? He said, I hope God heals me. She she was still crying. And so I knew. I stopped the prayers. And now I began to teach her the word. And I asked her, do you believe in the word of God? She said, yes. He said, this is what is written. Isaiah 53. I took it through Isaiah 53. The same word that I'm reading to you. That he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. And I said, you understand this word? He said, we are healed. She said, yes. And I said, what tense is that? She said, past tense. Do you believe that? She said, I believe. Then I took her to Matthew 8. That the word was fulfilled. So I told her, this word, this healing, is already fulfilled. It's not now you're saying that you hope God heals you. That does not align with the word of God. This is why, and I told her, I prayed for you. The word of faith, the spirit of Lord, the healing anointing has been released into your life. But you're not receiving it. You, you are not receiving it into your body. That is why the sickness is still there. The reason I told her, the reason is that you are not believing right. The word is already been fulfilled by his stripes. You are healed. And the word is already fulfilled. The reason why the word is not made manifest in your life is because you're hanging on to hope. You're saying you hope God heals you. But the scripture does not talk about hope. It says you are healed. And so then I began to lead her to confess. You see, because it is with your heart. She said, I believe. So now it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. But until you speak the word, it does. You do not translate the word out of the spirit into manifestation in your life. So then I began to lead her. I said, say, say after me, Father, I thank you that I am healed in the name of Jesus. Because it is written that by his stripes that I am healed. And I saw, this is what the Spirit, <laughs> glory to God, glory to God. God, Father, I thank you for your word. I bless your holy, holy name. Your word is truth. Your word is light. The entrance of your word, give it light. Psalm 100 verse 130, the scripture says, the entrance of the word of God, give it light. The moment I taught her the word, the light of the word, the Bible says in him was life and that light was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness and the darkness has soon overcome it. The moment the word of God enters a person's heart, automatically there is a light, glory to God. There is a light that shines. And I said this, profess it. And then she, I, I said, said that I am healed. I said, I am healed in the name of Jesus and began to praise God. And the reason why I said she, she, she should be, I said, thank you, Lord, for healing me. I thank you. I believe that I'm healed. I began to let her profess that. And as she professed that, what I saw is that her tone began to change. That tone of weeping. So that should tell you something. No amount of weeping can change the will of God. No amount of weeping can take the sickness away. It is faith in God's word and his demonstration. That brings healing. Healing comes by faith. Whether you like it or not. It is fact of God's word. And so I tell people. I choose to believe the word of God. Irrespective of what my feelings are. Irrespective of what I think. Abraham faced the fact of life. With faith. A lot of us face the fact of life. With unbelief. Some face it with hope. If you're facing it with hope, that's a good sign. But then you have to find the word and believe the word. And the moment you believe the word, the Bible says, against all hope. Abraham in hope believed and so became. He transitioned from hope to faith. And how did this faith manifest in this woman? As she professed that I am healed in the name of Jesus, I saw that her tone began to change. 
and I asked her this question, how do you feel now? He said, the symptoms have not left, but I have peace. I did not even tell her about peace. She said, I have peace, glory to God. And the moment she said, I have peace, I knew with evidence, with scripture, that now she is ready in faith to be healed, glory to God. And so now I said, oh, hold on, hold on to that word, hold on to that word, hold on to that word. That is a sign that every symptom, every symptom of the devil is now about to leave. Because now you have accepted the word of God and you have believed the word of God in your heart. Peace is a sign of readiness of faith. As we have seen in Ephesians 6, as the word has also been testified in, in Isaiah 53, that the word that brought us healing was preceded by, by, by peace. What we also see is that even in Philippians 4, the verse 6, the scripture says, do not worry about anything, but in every situation, every situation, not some situation, every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So now, the scriptures is telling about faith in prayer. Glory to God. Is that by, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving you see the thanksgiving also there abraham what we read in romans 4 you see that the bible says abraham began to give thanks to god it's part of the process with thanksgiving by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god and the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind ask yourself why is it that when you present your petition to god the scripture does not say god is going to give you the thing right away why because you need faith in order to receive james 1 said without faith it is impossible to receive anything from god hebrews 11 verse 6 said without faith it is impossible to please god so god gives you readiness of faith in order to receive even if you have because if you don't have faith Although the glory of the Lord may be right next to you, the Spirit of the Lord will keep you from recognizing that glory. And so God gives you that peace so that you would have evidence, evidence that he has heard you, that you have evidence and readiness of faith to receive. So when I saw that she had readiness of faith to be healed, I said, hang on to that word of faith. And now I commanded, I said, and I said the, the second prayer, second or third prayer, and I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you spirit of infirmity, I rebuke you. Come out of that body immediately. And I said, how do you feel? Sir? The fever has broke. Whatever she's feeling is gone. And I went and took her out of the emergency room. The word of God. See, it's evidence-based. And so I want to end here with this. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing, but what we do know is that the word of God is true. The word of God is evidence-based. And that evidence based on the word of God manifests by peace. But you can only come to the point of peace or readiness of faith when you have believed the word. When you know the right word and believe the word until you know the word, until you align yourself with the word, until you believe the word, you do not transition from hope to faith. And that, I believe, is what is deceiving a lot of Christians. They're hanging on to hope. And so there are people who hope God is going to heal me, God is going to heal me, and they die because they never transition from that hope to faith. And they kept pushing the glory of God to the future. And lo and behold, the sickness kills them. And when the sickness kills them, people, ignorant people say, it is God, you know, allowed, it is the will of God. It wasn't the will of God. You were killed by lack of knowledge. 
The scripture says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. We perish because we have not come into understanding of the word of God. And there are people who even receive the word, but they would rather believe the lies of men or they would rather believe the doctor's report over the word of God. You see, believing or facing the fact of life yeah, what we do see here, that for the verse 19, without weakening his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. A lot of us allow the fact of life to negate God's word. Facing the fact of life, facing the fact of life in the natural does not negate God's word. You can face the fact of life. But what, I, what scripture suggests is that face the fact of life with faith, not with hope. Because if you face it with hope, you will transition it onto, onto, into unbelief. What you will see will cause fear in your heart. And that fear will lead to doubt. But when you face it by believing the word of God... Then you transition from faith, uh, from hope to faith. And when you have that faith, you cannot face the fact of life. And when you face that fact of life, the scripture says, the moment you believe the word of God, you have readiness of faith. And that readiness of faith manifests by peace, as we have seen. Now we're talking about the subject of healing. And what we've seen in Isaiah 53 from the verse 5, that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. So peace preceded the word that brought us healing. Because peace is a sign of readiness of faith. And so this morning, if you have believed the word of the living God, you have readiness of faith. And that readiness of faith should manifest by peace. And that peace is a conviction in your heart. It, it, it is a comfort you have. You, you, you don't even care what the symptoms you are feeling now. You are just assured that God has healed you, not going to heal you. Because going to heal you is, is futuristic. That's hope. Because the sickness is here. You don't need hope. You need a hope to come to the point of faith. But you have to transition from hope to faith by believing the word of God. So this morning, if you have believed the word of God, I want to join my faith with yours. And I want to say this prayer with you. The healing of God is here. It's always here. The will of God is the same. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, verse 8, that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. The Word is the healer. Because the Word is a surface of faith. Healing comes by faith. So this morning, if you have the sound of my voice, I'm going through a sickness right now. We're still on the subject of faith for healing. This morning, we've examined and understood that God is able to heal. That healing is the will of God provided for in His Word. We've also seen that how to receive healing is by faith. And we see that that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And how that faith comes is this. That you hear the Word. Believe the Word in your heart. It is with your heart, not just your mind. The moment you believe the word, now you have to release the word in action because faith is demonstrated in action. And how you release the word? Because healing is a fulfilled word of God as we have examined. 
So you release the word by speaking the word of God. Because that spoken word translates what God has already established in the spirit into full manifestation in your life. So this morning, if you have believed the word of God, then don't let the devil deceive you with thoughts in the mind. With, 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 those, with those symptoms in your body. You have readiness of faith. And I want to join my faith with you and rebuild that sickness. Because you are healed in the name of Jesus. Spirit of a living God. My God and my Savior. Lord, this morning you visited us. You've made the light of your revelation of healing made known to us. Lord, it is not by might. It is not by power. But by your Spirit. It is the Spirit of God who testifies to this word. It is not man. Horate morati suraki arade zerebo sorakarada marade. Oh my Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh Lord, your will is that every child of yours be healed, because you provided this word through Christ. Healing is the fulfilled word of God. The Scripture says, "You are the God who gives life to the dead." And cause into being things that were not. Lord, these things that you established for us in the spirit. This morning, everyone at the sound of my voice. Lord, I join my faith with them. And by the power of the word, we translate that which is established in the spirit, which is healing. Into full manifestation in their life right now in the name of Jesus. So therefore, Lord, as we have examined the scriptures. And the scriptures tell us that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went about doing good. And healing all the oppressed of the devil. So sickness is an oppression of Satan. So therefore we command any seed of darkness. Any oppression of Satan in the form of sickness. And anyone that has sound of my voice. I command you now you see the Satan. Come out of the body. Right now. The word of God has come. The Bible says the entrance of his word. Give that light. The light shines in darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. He said, I have given you authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions. And to overcome all the power of the enemy. So you spirit of infirmity. You hear the word of a living God. It is written that he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The scripture says, and the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his tribes, we are healed. We're not now going to be healed. We're already healed in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I command you, you sin of Satan, come out of that body. You chronic condition, I rebuke you now in the name of Jesus. Come out of that body. By the power of his word, by the power of his anointed, the Lord Jesus Christ is here to heal. You sin of Satan, I rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus. Come out of that body. Any chronic condition, you tissues of a body, I command you now, begin to be restored right now in the name of Jesus. Because they are healed. Spirit of a living God. It is written, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. That now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and there is liberty. So you see the Satan, I rebuke you now. Come out of our body. Come out of our tissue. Come out of our bones. Come out now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebukes you. Come out. It can stay. It has to come out now in the name of Jesus. Because by his stripes, you are healed. By his stripes, 
You are healed by his right. You are healed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I want you to begin to examine that body now. Begin to examine that body. You begin to see a difference. You begin to see a difference right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If there is any remnant now, I command the seed of darkness. You remnant of pain. You remnant of chronic condition. I rebuke you now in the name of Jesus. Come out of that tissue. Any tissue malformation. Now, the anointing of the living God. The word which created this body. The word is restoring our body now in the name of Jesus. Because healing is the will of God. Healing has been provided for by the Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word that has gone forth and set many free. The scripture says your word has not come in vain. So your healing word that's not come in vain. Father, I've released your word of faith into their bodies now. Spirit of the living God, you who testifies to the word. Now, the body is beginning to feel well because the word has been fulfilled. The word has been translated out of the spirit into full manifestation in your life. Father, I thank you. Father, I bless you. Father, I honor you for your word that has been released into the lives of everyone at the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray even as they leave this platform, glory to God, your spirit has not left them. Lord, that which you have made available to them. Lord, help them to continue to hold on to the word of faith which says, by his stripes, I am healed. That is your confession. Hold on to that confession. Don't change that confession. That is the will of God. And by his stripes that you have been healed. Receive that word. Hold on to that word. And live in the light of that word. Father, we thank you that you have visited us this morning. That you have shared your heart with us. That you have opened our understanding to the scriptures. The scripture says that, Lord, your word does not come in vain, but always comes to fulfill that which you desire and accomplish the purpose for which you sent it. We thank you that your word has fulfilled its purpose in our heart, in our bodies, in our minds, in every area of our lives this morning. We bless your holy name because the scripture says, you are good and your love endures forevermore. You are merciful, Father. We thank you that you have had mercy on us. Lord, the scripture said, there's any of you sick among you. Let them call the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And if they have committed sins, they will be forgiven. So if you are the sound of my voice, that these things are happening, that there is a sin in your life that is limiting your ability to come to the point of faith. The word of God coming to you this morning. Because the word, the Bible says, Jesus said, said, Father, truly for them I sanctify myself. He said, Father, sanctify them by the truth your word is truth the word of god that has come to you has sanctified you and so those sins are forgiven in the name of jesus because he paid the price for it father i thank you that your mercy has gone out that your word has been released and has blessed many be glorified in our lives be exalted above all and lord as they go about their daily activities in this week this weekend and the week protect them by the power of your word the Lord said, he said, Lord, you've given us this name. He prayed for us. He said, Father, protect them by the power of your name. We thank you, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have loved us this much, that you have brought us into this inheritance, to this understanding of your word, that we will walk in the light of it. We bless you and we honor you this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.